goodness gracious alive. Where else would you rather be than in Mequod, Wisconsin tonight? Wow. Where else would you rather be than at Winterfield tonight? No, no, playoffs. Where else would you rather be, Mr. Simo? Come on, young man. Milk Jug Magic. That's it. Where else would you rather be? Wow. Wow. Mother the 10th inning. Where else would you rather be? Goodness gracious alive. Welcome to the Where Else Would You Rather Be podcast. Hosted by Connor Jelly and Brett Loftus. All right, episode number three, doing it for Dale here on the Where Else Would You Rather Be podcast. I'm Brett Loftus here alongside me, the jail man, Mr. Connor Jelly, and we are so happy to be coming to you on a beautiful Wednesday morning on your drive to work. A shout out here as we're recording this on Tuesday night, but it'll be Wednesday sometime when you're listening to us. Happy birthday to my pops. Shout out, dad. Yeah, shout out, pops. He's not quite 50 yet, but he's getting there. He's awfully close. So shout out, Pops. So we got a, we got some interesting topics for you today. We got a lot of stuff on deck. Um, you know, first two podcasts, I think we went well. No special guests tonight. We do want to thank Andy Klein, though. I wanted to make it yes. a point here yes. at the beginning of the podcast. Not only is Andy going to join us every uh, month or every Tuesday podcast, recorded on Monday night, however you want to go there, but Andy is also doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work for the podcast. Andy is going through a rundown that Connor and I put together every afternoon. He's putting in stats for us. He's doing research for us and a lot of stuff that he's volunteering to do for the podcast to really help us out so if you see Andy or if you see him pop up on your phone or you want to text him and say Andy you're doing a good job he's making us look a lot good and a lot better than we should here on the podcast so really appreciate it really appreciate everything Andy's doing to help out the podcast so as always we're gonna have the goodness gracious live story of the show and then we're gonna go into the rest of our topics and we also have Kevin with us today no special guest Kevin, you want to talk about Kevin real quick, Connor? Yeah, um, Kevin is a Squishmallow. Uh, he is currently about, let's see, eight months old. Um, his, his birthday's coming up soon. I think I got to get him a little. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, their lifespan is a little shorter than ours. You know, it's about, about their year cycle is about nine months, so his birthday's in a month or so. Right, right. Yeah. Other than so, that, hey, he's living. He's living life, man. <laughs> That's Connor's goodness gracious life story of the day. Mine is going to be about my summer in Wisconsin Rapids. So shout out to all my rafters, including Connor Jelly's favorite rafter, Brendan Bobo. Brendan Bobo. I mean, he followed Brendan all summer, as did we all. Um, if you didn't know, I worked in the Northwoods League, which is a collegiate summer league up in the Midwest. I was in Wisconsin Rapids, about two hours north of Green Bay, probably about four hours south of the Canadian border. I mean, I was up there. I was about a 1,000 oh, yeah. miles from home. Uh, actually, Connor came to one of the games that I brought. I did, yeah. This summer. yeah. Um, he met me when we were in Kokomo, Indiana, which is about an hour from Monrovia, where Connor's from. Rafters had the best record in the Northwoods League, won 58 games, had an incredible year, fell one game short of the championship game, and a big reason – if you hear it in the intro, why I named the podcast this is a lot of my calls that I had up there in Wisconsin Rapids this summer. It was where else would you rather be was in the call, whether it was a Brendan Bobo home run, a Chase call home run. Chase, 
an avid listener of the podcast. Chase yeah. loves our hot takes. Who listen? Who answers the phone better than Chase Call? Let's go. Who answers the <laughs> phone better than Chase Call? Nobody does. Um, Seth Stro, uh, a lot of the guys on the team. Grant Manning is an avid listener uh, and one of the many ace pitchers, ace arms that we had up there. So a lot of those guys have played an intricate part, and I'd be well dismissed without talking about them early, early on in the podcast. Connor, I know you went up there with me, but you followed – my journey a lot this summer. Is there anything oh, yeah. you would like to say about the rafters before we get into our, our topics of the show tonight? I mean, honestly, the, uh, the most impressive thing about it was it didn't seem like they were not having, like they were never not having fun doing any of that all summer long. And your energy, it seemed to feed into the team every night. Like I know that the team loved you just as much as we loved you when you were, you know, Piedmont's color guy i mean you brought an excitement to the field, play by play come on connor let's get it right hey. now it's my bad it's my bad i'm sorry brother you were my color guy though i'm sorry brother i'm sorry did All you know right. that i do you remember well, that you were my color guy for when we had that uh the piedmont tournament to start the 2022 season you know, I'm not going to lie. I had all the roles reversed in my head, so I'm glad you glad yeah. you got me fixed up on okay, that. Okay, okay, that's a good question or, or a good statement to kind of bring that up. Play-by-play broadcaster, for those who don't know, is your lead guy. You're Joe Buck of the world. You're um, your Chip Carey of the world. You're Al Michaels of the world. Color commentator would be like Chris Collinsworth, would be Troy Aikman, would be Jeff Francoeur, um, just for a few examples. So right. we're yeah, going mean- to – they, you learn something every day. It's okay. You learn something you. every day. Look at you. Look Teaching at me. me. Look, look at this guy. Okay. You know <laughs> who we want to look at tonight? We want to look at a few guys. The first topic we're going to be talking about is, did Russell Wilson mess up leaving Seattle and moving on to Denver? Did, uh, next topic we'll be talking about, will Paul Goldschmidt win the National League Triple Crown? Will an 0-1 team win the Super Bowl? And finally, a topic that I think we've kind of danced around through the first few podcasts, but something we're going to spend a lot of time on. If you don't want to hear about any of those other subjects, you're going to want to hear about this. So go ahead and fast forward to the end of the podcast. Has the NIL, the Dame Image Likeness Bill, messed up collegiate athletics? So first, we're going to jump in to our first segment and our first topic of the night. You know, that's a good question. You know, that's a good question. Did Russell Wilson mess up by leaving the Seattle Seahawks? Well, according to ProFootballReference.com, his stats versus the Seahawks in the Monday Night Football matchup, he went 29 for 42, 340 yards, a touchdown. He was sacked twice, and he only accumulated two yards rushing. It's a tougher decision based on the division. So which division is better? When you look at it in the Broncos AFC West, you have the Chargers Chiefs, and Raiders in the Seahawks NFC West, you have the Cardinals, Cardinals, Rams, and 49ers. The biggest factors, the Broncos defense is much better. How much longer can Pete Carroll coach? There's a brand new coach in Denver, which is the former offensive coordinator in Green Bay. So who has the more complete team? All of these questions had to go into Russell Wilson saying, hey, should I go? Should I stay? What should I do? Right? And we all know what he did in Seattle. Back-to-back NFC championships. He won a Super Bowl. Now in Denver, I mean, let's be honest, Paul Hackett, the head coach, made some questionable decisions at that Monday Night Football game. We say all of that to introduce the topic, and I'll finally ask the question to Mr. Jelly. Did Russ mess up by leaving Seattle? I don't think he did. I, I truly don't. I mean, that was a business decision for him. I mean, a lot of people want to really put their feelings into a lot of decisions that players make. You know, but at the end of the day, 
it's this whole game is for the fans, but it's also a business for the players to make as much money as they can for their families before their time runs out. Now, Russ, obviously he saw something in Denver that made him want to go there where he probably thought that he had a better chance to, you know, almost uh, make his career legendary rather than one Super Bowl win in uh, Seattle, where I think most of us saw that team was kind of going in, in the wrong direction for a quarterback such as yeah. Russell Wilson to stay. So. But then you look at, like, Geno Smith and what Geno did on Monday Night Football the other night, two touchdowns, 189 yards. His completion percentage was over 70%. I mean, somebody – like Geno Smith, I've always been high on Geno. I've always oh, been yeah. a big fan of Geno since Gino he's been in, in his yeah in his West Virginia days. And I think Geno, he was a product of his draft class mm-hmm. and going to play with the New York Jets at a time where the Jets were really, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, it was like bottom of the barrel. Yeah, so I think Geno getting out of there, able to sit behind Russ for a few years. I think that people are really starting to sleep on the Seahawks. And again, I hate to be that guy to react after week one. And again, I know that's our job in the media, right? You got to react on what you've most recently seen. But I really feel like if the Seahawks don't make the playoffs this year, which I don't think they, I still don't think they will, but I do think that Geno can have a good enough year to kind of sustain a starting role and maybe build on something with that defense in Seattle. They got some hard hitters on that defense. They're not, it's a lot of raw talent. If you watch that game the other night, it's nothing that you look at and you go, hey, that guy's going to be a Pro Bowler this year. But you look at it and go, hey, that guy might be a Pro Bowler in three years. I mean, losing Bobby Wagner on that defense. Jamal Adams. Yeah, I mean, you you lost a lot of guys on the defense, but at the end of the day, I'm with you. I don't think Russ messed up by leaving Seattle. I think that going to Denver is a more complete team, but mm-hmm. you're also playing in a much better division. I mean, you're playing the Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs, and Raiders. That I mean, that, that's that got to be the toughest division in the NFL on paper. I'm not saying oh, yeah. it will be at the end of the year. So I think Connor and I both agree on that. But you do have to look at everything with both two teams it's almost it would appear that both teams are in rebuilding mode. It's just the Broncos have Russell Wilson playing quarterback, and yeah. you're never, you're never going to count yourself out with him in the pocket. So yeah. the next, next question we have on, you know, that's a good question. Well, Connor, you know what's a good question? Will Paul Goldschmidt win at the NL Triple Crown? So we're looking at our MVP odds um, as we look at – who we got as far as MVP voting goes, Paul is a minus 4,000 odd winner to win MVP right now. Don't think that's too far off. Or excuse me, to win the Triple Crown. MVP is probably a lot closer, to be quite honest. Nolan Arenado is plus 3,000 odds. Freddie Freeman, the same. Manny Machado, plus 6,600. And Austin Riley, plus 8,000. So again, to win win the NL Triple Crown, Goldsmith is minus 4,000 right now. And, again, that's according to Sports Illustrated's betting odds. So, again, thank you to Andy Klein. All these stats we are providing you, Andy put these in here for us. If you look at what we got going on right now as far as the race goes, Paul going into Tuesday night's games, he was batting 330, 33 homers, 105 RBIs. Where would that put him at? Well, that would put him as the NL Triple Crown were to end up the season ended today. We'll look at the two guys closest to him. Nolan Arenado, 305 batting average, 28 homers, 89 RBI. Freddie Freeman, very, very close, 322 batting average, 16 homers, and 81 RBI. The way Freddie's been hitting, Goldschmidt's kind of hit a decline a little bit. After tonight, as we're looking at it, as things unfold, it could seem that Freddie might take over in that batting average lead. As for right now, at the time of this recording, Paul does sit with the NL Triple Crown in place. So, say all that to set it up. 
Connor, do you think that we will have an NL Triple Crown winner this season? And do you think he'll be Paul Goldschmidt? I mean, Paul's got a really good shot at it, but I can't confidently say that someone, as of right now, with, you know, about 20 games left for everybody uh, is going to flat out win. I mean, especially when, you know, the race is this close. I mean, Paul, I mean, Freddie's not going to catch Paul. In not in home runs. runs or RBIs. Not in home I think, runs or RBIs. And, it's and, going to and be the average. And that's I'll the say thing the biggest people thing, about the triple crown. I'll say the biggest thing there, not to interrupt, Freddie playing in that Dodgers lineup is almost hurt his power in RBI production because he's playing with so many good other bats. I mean, that's not a knock on Freddie. I, I, I'm just saying he's playing with your Mookie Betts of the world. He's playing with your Max Muncy's of the world, your Justin Turner's of the world. Um, I mean, you could continue to go down the list. But, you know, playing with guys like that, your Cody Bellinger's. I know Cody's kind of taking a nosedive a little bit. Still a good ball player. Take yeah. playing with Will Smith. I mean, you could continue to go and go and go down the list. We're not going to do that. This is not a Dodgers podcast. But, Mookie's, Mookie's got 34 bombs on the season. He's right yeah, behind. I mean, Pauly exactly. Right you got a lot of you got a lot of good ball players, right? And when you look at it like that, Paul is gonna have to, I think, kind of ride a little hot streak here because he's kind of cooled down, been a little cold over yep. the past week. He's gonna have to ride a hot streak over the last week or last weeks, I should say, of the season. As again, sitting in that second place for the home run. So again, your correction from earlier would not be the NL Triple Crown winner of the season ended today. Um, would be very, very close as he still leads the league in batting average and RBI going into tonight. Does not lead it in home runs, as you mentioned. Mookie Betts is your NL home run leader. So when we look at that, um, actually going into tonight, he did lead. I apologize. So last night, Polly had Polly got two bombs, makes it 35. He should have 35 home runs right now. If okay, I'm not mistaken. maybe our stats are messed up there. So he does lead it. I had it. I had it correct in my mind. Sometimes we mess up on these things, ladies and gentlemen, and we re-record them live just as if it was a radio show yeah. to make it just for you and to make it with that personable feel. So again. Paul would it be leading the National League in homers, which is what I read earlier today, yeah. but my notes right here said differently. So I apologize for that. So we both agree. Well, I, I think he'll get the NL Triple Crown. Connor, what is your final verdict on that? Uh, I think he's got a shot. I'm not going to confidently say whether he will or not. What if you had to say today? Uh, no, just based off of, you know, it. Freddie's on a hot streak. Polly's kind of, you know, staying steady right now. If that continues, no. Okay. You know what? I don't like the Cardinals. I don't normally give credit to the Cardinals. But Paul Goldschmidt, I think you're going to win the NL Triple Crown. And more than that, I think that you're going to win the NL MVP, and I don't even think that's really close. I don't. If anybody looks at you in the face right now and says that Paul Goldschmidt is not going to win the NL MVP, I don't care who they say. I don't care if they say Freddie, Mookie. I don't care if they even throw out their, the Braves' fine third baseman in Austin Riley, who's one of my favorite players. They're crazy, and they're in denial. Paul Goldsmith, I don't care if he sat on the bench the rest of the year, he would deserve to win NLV, NL MVP Howard sitting out. So that's my two cents on the Triple Crown and MVP race in the National League. Moving on to Am I Tweaking Gore? You're going to want to listen to this segment here, guys. We got some hot takes coming at you, especially because Mr. Connor Jelly has a very, very passionate stance on one of these. So Am I Tweaking or will an 0 1 team win the Super Bowl? So, 
The biggest advocate for uh, why is the answer yes, because the 2011 Giants did it. They had a 9-7 and seven record, which they became just the third NFL team to win fewer than 10 games in a 16-game season and reach the Super Bowl. But they became the first of these three teams to win the Super Bowl as they beat the Patriots 21-17. you got to remember that Super Bowl, Eli Manning, Brandon Jacobs, Victor Cruz with the salsa dance that year, the debut of it, Hakeem Nix, and Jason Pierre Paul, and you got to remember it was played in the Hoosier State at yes, Lucas Stadium, as that was when Mario Manningham made the catch down the sideline and ended up putting the Giants in the scoring position against the Patriots. That was the second Super Bowl in a four-year, or actually a three-year span in which the Giants defeated the Patriots. So if we look at 0-1 teams by division in the AFC East, you have the Patriots and the Jets, AFC North, the Bengals, AFC South, the Titans, and the Jaguars has the Colts and the Texans are both 0-0-1. Connor, we're going to get back to you with the Colts. AFC West, the Broncos and the Raiders. As we move on to the NFC, NFC East, Cowboys, NFC North, Lions, Packers, NFC South, Panthers, Falcons, NFC West, all three teams except for the Seahawks. 49ers, Cardinals, and Rams are all 0-1. All right, Connor. So, you got all these 0-1 teams. And we just read off some really, really good teams, right? But yeah. you want to particularly talk about how the Colts and Texans are both 0-0 and 1 and how you think one of those two teams would have a really, really good shot. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, everyone knows the Colts at this point. They're on a win and win now type of mood. I mean, we released uh, Rodrigo Blankenship stupid. today. Which Absolutely still, I think that was really early. Just find yourself a kicker to do the kickoffs. He's a field goal guy, all right? That man kicks through the uprights he doesn't kick down the field right and you know i get it he missed the game winning field goal on sunday and i understand the nfl so did 10 others (laughs) yeah and the nfl stands for not for long for some right but hot rod and i'm not just saying this because he's a former dog i'm really not he is a big time kicker he's a steven gostowski he's an adam vinatieri type kicker you put him in those moments i mean we'll go back to the rose bowl in 2017 if it wasn't for him Georgia doesn't advance to the national championship game. You know what I mean? So when you look at it like that, he's got that big-time type of leg. And, again, I know he didn't hit the field goal on Sunday, but why the Colts are releasing him, I just simply don't know. So moving on from the Colts, when you're looking at those other teams on that list, Connor, is there a team that particularly sticks out, one in AFC, one in NFC, that you think could run the table, not necessarily run the table, but have a good last 16 games of the regular season and end up you know, making a deep playoff run? Um, in the AFC, uh, I would say, realistically, Broncos. Honestly, Broncos can make a run for it. And then in the NFC, uh, I have to go with the uh, – I got to go with the Rams. I mean, you can't not count out Matty Stafford and Cooper Cup. It's impossible. Um, I mean, Bengals are notable in the AFC, obviously. Yeah, that's, that's – you're leading Joey me B, Jamar Chase, baby. You're leading me exactly who I was going to say. I, I got to go with – I got to go with Joe Shiesty in the game um, with the Bengals. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people told me today, Brett, you kind of gave Joe Burrow a little too much slack on that podcast yesterday. And I, I heard it from a lot of people, especially those who support Joe Burrow. 
However, he played terrible in the first half on Sunday. Well, dude, but, he was also getting sucker punched every play, man. He was. Yeah, I mean, but, he had no line. But if you look at what he did in the second half, he returned to form, and he he put the Bengals back in that football game almost single handedly on his back. So I don't I don't doubt the Bengals will be okay. I think it's not going to be like last year where they they you know roll into the playoffs kind of on that hot streak and ride it to an AFC Championship win. But I do think the Bengals can sneak in as a as a wild card and shock a lot of teams. Looking from the NFC side, I think it's a no-brainer. Got to go with the Packers, right? I mean, you always hear Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X, relax. I mean, he never plays good week one. The Packers never play good week one. We always hear the excuse, well, Aaron should have retired or he doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to, yada, yada, yada. I'm not listening to it. I don't think the Packers overrated. I think people are buying into this. He does it every year. I think Aaron Rodgers could care less about week one, to be quite honest. Oh, yeah. So that's that's kind of where I was at. And one point on that with the Packers, right? The only concern I have is the fact that they are missing both of their starting tackles. That is the only concern I have. I mean, it did not seem Victoria like is going to come back soon, though. Well, I mean, but still, right now you don't necessarily want to start off. I mean, how how much longer is he out? Four weeks. Well, they said that he could come back week one, is what they were saying. But now I'm not, I'm not really sure how long he's going to be out for. Because right. you know well, he hasn't played, he I, hasn't played in almost two seasons anyway. Yeah, I mean it just he just it just didn't seem like Aaron had much time to really even no. set up and throw his his passes. The well, way I can have a good I pass mean, rush though. Shout out to our good friend. Actually, texted us after our inaugural podcast the other day. All American center fielder for the Lions baseball team at Piedmont Carter Ballstad. Huge Vikings fan. Sure. And. Yes, sir. You know, we'll give Carter a little love. Hopefully have Carter on the podcast later on, if not this month, hopefully in the coming months, talk a little peep my baseball and else. But Carter was texting us, and he says that he doesn't think the Vikings win is a fluke. And he thinks that Kirk Cousins could really have a big year. Um, and, again, we're, we're getting into the 1-0 teams we're talking about there. We'll talk about them a little bit more tomorrow night. But the 0-1 teams – like I said, I'm going to Bengals and the Packers, and honestly, wouldn't be a bad Super Bowl prediction, I think, right now either. I won't dive into my Super Bowl prediction after week one, though. So moving on to our final topic tonight, something I know Connor is excited about, I'm really excited about, I hope you're really excited about. It's one of the hottest topics in sports right now in our country, and really has been for about the past 14 months, something I really want to talk about, and I know something that most of our listeners really follow quite a lot. So am I tweaking or? Has the NIL, the name image likeness deals, messed up collegiate athletics? So this is all according to the ProFootballNetwork.com, and these are all estimated values. So don't take these and run with it and go tell your mom and daddy this is what they're making. Okay, so we're going to give you the top five NIL deals in 2022. Jackson Smith Ajigba, star wide receiver from Ohio State. He just recently has been a major recipient with Designer Shoe Warehouse as a part of a $550,000 deal with additional collaborations with Subway, Rickard Automotive, and Onyx Authenticated. So you, then you have South Carolina's quarterback, Spencer Adler, $2 million. He's with Garnet Trust, which is an agent and has also engineered deals with Blackwood for Men as well as Jim Hudson Chevrolet. Moving on to USC's quarterback, Mr. Caleb Williams, $2.4 million. He's got deals with Beats by Dre, Hawkins, Way Capital, Fanatics, and Williams is worth an estimated, again, $2.4 million. He's also part owner of a men's grooving company as a true sophomore in college. Yes, wow. sir. Yes, CJ Stroud 
$2.5 million, although he trails the number one NLI player deal by about $700,000, and we'll reveal that here in just a moment. He probably doesn't feel too bad about it, sitting behind the wheel of his $150,000 Bentley as he received a part of his NIL deal with Sarchon Auto Gallery. I hope I spelled that cor- or said that correctly. Sarchon is what we're going with. Okay. Looks That's Italian. Now- yeah, that, that Italian, sounds like you sounded Italian. I think we rolled with it. You know, that sounds like something, Connor. No matter how much money I have in my bank account, I'm not going to be able to afford nor be able to pronounce. So then, number one, should not should not surprise anybody. <laughs> Alabama star quarterback and the former, or excuse me, the defending Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young, three point two million dollars. And to date, twelve companies have invested in Young with the Alabama quarterback adding No Bull and Dollar Shave Club to his portfolio in August alone. So we go through those top five guys. Again, just a reminder before we go into the segment, Jackson Smith, the Jibba, Ohio State's wide receiver, $1.7 million. Spencer Radler, South Carolina, starting quarterback, $2 million. Caleb Williams, USC, starting quarterback, $2.4 million. C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, starting quarterback, $2.5 million. And Bryce Young, the defensive Heisman winner, and uh, the Crimson Tide of Alabama, starting quarterback, $3.2 million. Okay, we just took... And, Andy, thank you again for putting that in there for us. The the top five highest college football players, we're not talking about basketball. We're not talking about baseball. We're not talking about even across our little Division three school, how deals they have there, right, Connor? So, yes, sir. you look at that, do you think the NIL is messing up collegiate athletics? If so, why? But if you don't think it's messing it up, why is it helping? So... I mean, I kind of I'm on the 50-50 stance or 50-50 stance with this. I think it helps out a lot in the sense of any any college nowadays, they now have the opportunity to grab the attention of these highly touted recruits just by simply being able to offer NIL deals. Like legally. if you come play for us, yeah, legally. legally. Like yep. if you come play for us, you can sign with th- these people, these people, and they will pay you, give you a brand new car. I mean, right off the lot, people are getting brand new cars, just committing to different schools. Um, here's where I think it hurts, though, is that the bigger schools, such as Alabama, Ohio State, you know, the, the Power Fives, stuff like that, they have endless amounts of NIL deals and, you know, partners that they can just hand over to these players and be this is everybody we know you we can call them for you if you want try to get you deals and they will probably pay you a crap ton of money yeah and i think that's kind of getting to be an issue Uh, i'm not necessarily 50 50 here's where i'm at and i think let me say this first i think college athletes who do get full scholarships regardless when you look at it even five or so years ago these guys are getting full. We'll, we'll take a Bryce Young for an example. Or, or no, no, no. Let's even rewind. We'll take a Deshaun Watson or a Trevor Lawrence, for example, at Clemson. Both young men won national championships. Both young men brought in a lot of money for the university. And looking at Trevor Lawrence, he's the more recent quarterback to look mm-hmm. at there. He didn't get paid anything. Nope. He was not. He did not play in the NIL era, right? And, I, I mean, he's a young man that has come from a prominent family, um, you know, obviously probably grew up in a middle, you know, middle of the road income family, but take some guys that probably have grown up and came from an impoverished community, but now have a free ride scholarship. They're not getting support from home. They're not getting support 
to be able to go buy a meal. They're not getting support to be able to buy a means of transportation. I mean, some of them, Connor, you know, you know this. They're not even getting support to even have means to buy clothing outside of the gear that they get from their team. So I say all that to say this. I understand that these guys should get paid what they're worth, right? I, I, I do not disagree whatsoever. However, two things that really bother me quite a good bit is that, one, you're still a college athlete. Mm-hmm. If you're really that good, such as your Bryce Young, such as your C.J. Strouds, if you're really that good, you're going to make millions and millions of dollars, you know, 12 to 18 months from now. You're going to be racking up, I mean, $2.5 million. You're going to scoff at that. I mean, you they, you probably just paid, that's what you paid for your house and paid all the money straight up. So you're yep. going to end up getting that once you get to the NFL, right? But my second biggest issue is is it, the first issue there, it's, it's kind of for me, take it or leave it, right? I do think those guys are going to get that when they get to the NFL, but if they deserve to get paid that in college, you know, that's what they get, right? Yeah. That's what they get. But and this I, is where, go ahead, Connor. And I, you know, it, it comes back to the point of everything being a business. I mean, um, the reason that I think I thought it was a great idea when it first came out, you know, um, did I did I even think that, you know, it was going to be still the bigger schools had more of an impact with everything that they can offer? No. You know, when I saw it, you know, it made more sense in the fact that, you know, certain careers in professional sports are limited to the ability of the player the ability of their body to hold up. I mean, you think about it, people who, you know, go to D1 schools and then go to, you know, well, let's just say people who go to college and play play any sport, those who then go on to play professionally. I mean, their body has been put through an immense amount of stress yes. and yes. wear and tear for ha- like a big portion of their, and their life. And their, so, bodies you know, are, it, their bodies are worth a lot of money. And I, I don't yeah. disagree. And the money and, that they're generating just, for the school – they should be compensated fairly for that. I don't disagree. But to get on to my second point, something that really bothers me is how these boosters are doing it almost illegally, right? A booster can come in and can say, well, you know, what color car do you want? What, uh, you know, do you want these shoes? Or do you want to live in this off-campus apartment? Or, you know, is your mom and your dad, you know, they're not living in the best house. Maybe we'll put them up in a better house. Or you maybe your mom and dad's fine, but maybe, you know, we want to help out your grandma. We want to help out your aunt, your uncle. And they can start to do stuff illegally. And it's like, then that affects recruiting. Then that looks at, and you look at these Power 5 coaches, and you look at some of these, like your Texas A&Ms, like your Georgias, like your Alabamas, like your Floridas, and you go, how do they get 80% of all five stars every single year? How does that happen, right? Why do you? Why are these guys going and doing this, that, and the third? Then you look at guys like Travis Hunter, who was the number one recruit in the nation. You thought he was for sure going to a big Power Five school. He was committed to Florida State. Then on signing day, he flips and he goes and plays at FCS Jackson State, going to play at HBCU school. People are wondering why do you want to go play HBCU football? I wasn't. I did. I knew it wasn't for the money because. Why wouldn't you, as a cornerback and a wide receiver, a two-way player in football, which you have a lot less of those than you do in baseball, why wouldn't you want to go play for potentially the greatest athlete of all time in Deion Sanders, the greatest quarterback of all time? Deion also played offense a little bit when he in his time with the Cowboys. Deion was an incredible punt and kick returner, probably the greatest ever except for Devin Hester. Why wouldn't you want to go and play for him? right? Because Travis Hunter's going in for the culture. Travis Hunter, in my opinion, was going in for the right reasons. And you know what? Maybe yeah. we'll listen to this podcast three, four years from now, and it'll come out that Dion gave him $2 million. I don't know that. 
But Dion is on record as saying Jackson State does not have that big of a budget, nor do they have that much money. But when you look at these other schools, and you look at your Clemsons, again, your Georgias, I'm picking on my favorite school, okay? And you're looking at your Alabamas and your Texas A&Ms, and you're looking at these guys when they get on campus. You're looking at the clothes they're wearing. You're looking at the cars they're driving. And you're just like, they're living like professional athletes as freshmen. They haven't even done anything yet because NIL deals cannot be based off performance alone. It has to be based off marketability and all this stuff. And, again, we all know it's based off performance. But when boosters are sitting here giving guys all this stuff, I'm not saying the student-athletes are in the wrong because if you put me in the same position with the marketability and the talent that these young men have, I would be lying to you if I said I wouldn't take it. But I'm just saying it's so unethical what these boosters and a lot of these programs are doing. And it's being shined to light a little bit more with these NIL deals because it almost makes it legalized fraud, even Mm. though it's still very wrong. And I don't know. That just kind of cooks my grits in the morning. Well, I mean, the the problem with everything is that, you know, no matter what, people are going to find some way to make themselves more enticing. You know, with NIL deals – Every college has the option and, you know, every player has the ability to go out and grab sponsorships. Especially in Power 5 football. Oh, easily, right? I mean, all they have to do is go to their coach and have them make a call and they can get an interview with somebody and probably get that sponsorship by the next day. But back to the point of what you're saying with all the boosters wrongfully, you know, you know, oh, we can get your family into this nice house. They can be right here, like as close to campus to see you for every game, you know. All that stuff is always going to happen just because you're going to have, you know, those who want their team to be the best and they will do anything and everything to make and you sure know, that, Connor, that happens. I've, I've read some reports about a very large recruit, um, a top five recruit in the class of 2023. I won't say his name on the podcast again. I know we're not as big as a lot of podcasts, but I don't want to say his name on here just because, you know, something could end up coming to light in the coming months. But I read on a, read on one of those like fan run websites. Um, you know how you have like Tigernet for Clemson, or you have like mm-hmm. um, Horns Up for Texas, or you'll have, you know, I'm sure Georgia has one. I don't know the name of it. Um, Purdue may have one. I don't know what it's called, but yeah. it's almost like these fan run blocks. So it was a school that has it was is a rival school that the young man is committed to, and it said on there that. School A offered to pay the young man $15 million. However, the young man's family strongly against him going to school there that the young man, one of his relatives, said that they would pay him $15 million not to go to that school, being a little facetious, obviously. Then School B offered him $12 million, and School C offered him $11 million. So he's currently committed to go to School B. However, School C's head coach, has said that he doesn't think the recruiting in this young man is over yet. And again, that's all hearsay. It's all a rumor. That's why I'm not putting any names out there because it's all a rumor. But it comes to a point where you're buying a recruit. So then when they up and want to say after they've gotten paid $5 million in their freshman year and they didn't play and they up and want to say, man, you know, I already got $5 million and I'm not going to have to give it back. So maybe I just put my name in a transfer portal and I go somewhere else and they pay me a lot of money too, but I can play. And then that right. opens up a world of possibilities with NIL and the transfer portal. And again, I know a lot of us listening, we all have different opinions, some of which 
kind of conflict, but some of which kind of correlate on this mm-hmm. these topics. And again, that was something I felt like we needed to bring up. Honestly, I feel like we could do a whole podcast episode just on that, but that's just something that I, I wanted to share, and I know Connor did as well. All right, Connor, final thoughts, and as always, your hot take of the night. So my final thoughts about all this is, one, Andy Klein, absolutely amazing with the stats. I mean, kids on his way to being a great statistician. Stud. Stud Andy Klein is a stud. Uh, uh, Duh, should I say. Duh. Um, <laughs> um, no, final thoughts. I think if there's any team that could challenge the Bills for uh, to get to the Super Bowl, it is the Indianapolis Colts. Hot that's take? Right there. Hot take? No, no, no. No, no, that's my final thoughts. Now, that's still not that your hot take. Not, no, that's not my hot take. That is what I firmly believe because let's be honest, Colts are pretty dang good, man. They're pretty they dang are. good. We didn't show it. We didn't show it, but hey, there's growth to be had this season and the growth will be tremendous, okay? We have the best running back in the league, top five defense, top five offense in line, Matty Ice is QB. Who knows? All right, now here's the hot take. Hot. Okay. I was told Here. earlier today at about 10 a.m. This was this was very spicy that it might burn my computer. Hot take is this. I think Baker Mayfield takes the Carolina Panthers to the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. That is – I should end the podcast. That is terrible. That is atrocious, Connor. You know how big of a Panthers fan I grew up as, and I can't pull for them anymore because they got number six playing quarterback. That is terrible. I hey, mm. hey, hey, it's like a Geno Smith, you know? No, you it's not like, like Geno Smith because I like Geno Smith. I cannot stand Baker Mayfield. But hey, you, you hate Baker Mayfield as much as I hate Tom Brady. You know what? But you know what? Tom Brady's won seven Super Bowls. Okay. Tom Brady's won countless MVP trophies. Baker Mayfield makes progressive commercials. Okay. <laughs> hey, but they're pretty good, though. They, I mean, they they're were. good progressive I, commercials. I, I laughed at them. Okay. Baker, I mean, to my point, Baker has done nothing in the NFL. He's won a rookie of the year trophy and he's won a Heisman, but the Heisman was in college. Cannot get caught on the pro hype. Dad, okay. We're going to move on. My final thoughts. Again, thank you, Andy Klein, for everything that you do as behind the podcast. And, again, he's going to be doing this for us every single day, and we're so thankful for him to do it for us as well as being a full-time guest on uh, Tuesday mornings. But hot take of the night. You know, I haven't quite thought of one yet. But Mm -hmm. since you put me on the spot, since we've been talking a lot about NFL football, since we've been – you know, just roaming around in hot takes and quarterbacks taking teams to the playoffs and kind of thinking about certain teams with certain quarterbacks. I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's a team in Texas that's going to go to the playoffs, and that team is not the Dallas Cowboys. I think Davis You're Mills. You're telling me the Houston Texans Davis Mills will lead the Houston Texans to the playoffs. Davis Longneck, I mean – He's I from mean, A. He's from the A. He's from Atlanta. We got to show some love to him. Look, I will say this: Davis Longneck can ball. That man is a good okay. quarterback. Lovey Smith. We Lovey Smith's won the NFC Championship as a head coach. The, why is it so hard to believe that people think that the Texans cannot make the playoffs? I know why. They don't have playmakers and they don't have a defense. But besides oh, wait that, a second. hold on, hold on. Did you not see the plays those DBs were making? Against yeah, there's us. just there's just no names on them yet. There's just no names on them. What so I said, it's it's a, hey, yeah. the defense maybe. But I like that you said Davis Mills. Leads Davis Mills. I like he that. can ball. I like he that. can ball. He's underrated. All right, that's all we got here 
Counter Jelly's coldest take of the podcast. It might end up standing as long we could go 100, 200, 300 episodes, and you I think, think it, that will be think the coldest take. You think it'll sink the Titanic? You think it'll it, sink it, the Titanic? That is the glacier that sucked the Titanic. <laughs> okay? That is the glacier. Baker Mayfield taking the Panthers to the playoffs. Give me a break. You I never be, said they would go far, did I? I just, hey, they might get. You they're know, not going to go far in the regular season. They got beat by the Browns. They got beat by the Browns, Connor. The Browns. Bro, the Browns. No, we're stopping the podcast. That's it. We hope that you have a great Wednesday. Hope you have a great Wednesday morning. I hope this got you a little fired up on your drive to work or maybe on your lunch break. Maybe you're getting ready for your morning classes. Maybe, just maybe, you're getting ready for dinner on Wednesday night. But nonetheless, hopefully it's got you fired up. Again, another happy birthday to my dad. And that's all we got here on Episode 3 of the Where Else Would You Rather Be podcast. Where else would I rather be? Nowhere else than behind a microphone. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Peace and love, everybody. The World Would You Rather Be podcast.